Isn't that nice? That's from a 1962 movie called Knife in the Water. It was made by Roman Polanski while he was still in Poland. We'll hear some more of that and talk about the movie a little bit in a minute. But welcome to podcast number 18, and this is part three of Jazz in the Movies. I'll cover one, two, three, four, I guess five, five movies in this. And I'm always wrong in what I say I'm going to do, so take that with a grain of salt. Let me hedge my bets a little bit here. Um, in any list of anything, you know, the best of this and the best of that. In fact, in the article, I'm taking a lot of the text from uh, the 20 best jazz scores of all times. The comments were like, oh, you forgot this, you forgot this. Well, yeah, that's why I always hedge my bets and say these are my favorites. So these aren't the best of anything. They're just the ones I like the best. Some of them are the greatest, but that's up to, uh, you know, public opinion, which I put very little stock in. As I said before on the last broadcast, um, most of the comments about the music and the movies I'm using in this and the previous two podcasts are from a site called tasteofcinema.com. And uh, here's what uh, somebody had to say about Knife in the Water. Christoph Komita composed some great jazz works. His music was an Eastern Euro approach to American jazz sounds. He even ventured into avant-garde jazz in such great works as Astigmatic, 1965. And he created one of the most scary and evil pieces of music ever in Rosemary's Baby theme. In this milestone Roman Polanski movie, his jazz serves as a background for a dispute between the new and the old man. This conflict of generations and rivalry disputes was a great representation of European cinema. It had the innovations of Nouveau Vogue, with an American eye, plot twists, and tense atmosphere that even caused the addition of some dialogues between supporting the communist regime that controlled the censorship and disliked the Western style of the movie. Later, Polanski went to the U.S. where he directed two absolute masterpieces of cinema, Rosemary's Baby and Chinatown. I hope you agree with that last assessment. Uh, Chinatown is definitely a masterpiece, and Rosemary's Baby was an excellently acted and uh, well-plotted horror movie, what a horror movie should be, and usually isn't, judging by the stuff that I avoid seeing on Prime uh, Prime Video and Amazon. Let's hear some more of that uh, beautiful opening theme from Knife in the Water.
that has kind of a European cautionary sound to it, like there's something going on beneath the surface that we haven't found out yet. Let's stay with Europe for uh, a few minutes and talk about the movie Breathless, made by Jean-Luc Godard, who is one of the French New Wave people. And the New Wave in France uh, in the 50s, late 50s and early 60s, was an extension of Italian neorealism. And without getting into terminology too deeply and boring the heck out of you, uh, neorealism was an effort to get away from the studio and into the streets. And Roberto Rossellini's movie from 1945, Open City, did that with a vengeance. And the French New Wave people picked up on it. Jean-Luc Godard and Francois Truffaut, among others. From the Taste of Cinema site, Jean-Luc Godard did the Nouvelle Vogue tribute to American cinema and culture. There are many references from Humphrey Bogart to doo-wop and Lucky Strike cigarettes. An incredible jazz soundtrack composed by Marshall Solal. I'm going to spell that. And Marshall, like the word Marshall. And S-O-L-A-L. A French cat <laughs> that even played with Django Reinhardt. Very atmospheric and intriguing. The soundtrack is also a European view about a typical American art. And by the way, you might be thinking, who is Django Reinhardt? Well, he was a fantastic jazz, Belgian jazz guitarist who worked in the 30s through the 40s and played with Stefan Grappelli, whom we heard on a track from the Anatomy of a Murder with Duke Ellington in the last uh, last podcast. And he formed a group uh, with Stefan Grappelli called the Quintet du Hot Club de France. And he was a great influence on a lot of guitar players. And I think he's the first great jazz guitarist. Does this have anything to do with jazz in the movies? No, probably not, but it's my show, so I can do what I want. So I'm going to play some fantastic guitar here by Django Reinhardt. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'd like to hear a lot more of that, but that's not what the show's about. So, onward. I can kind of justify playing that because we are in Europe, and we're going to hear another European score. The one from Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless I talked about. Thank you. 
Boy, does that sound like it's from the 50s. The 50s was an experimentally uh, productive time. Jazz was, was going in all kinds of directions. People were trying new things. If I didn't know that was from the 50s, I would guess it. It just has that kind of, kind of, a sound, kind of an experimental sound. Anyway, that's from uh, Breathless. Good movie. Uh, if you see it, don't expect American Hollywood kind of stuff. It's very uh, original from Godard. And it starred uh, Gene Seberg and Jean-Paul Beaumondo. Before we go back to America, well, this is sort of American. It's uh, Miles Davis who did the score for a movie called Elevator to the Gallows. There's a French name for it, but that's all you need to know. You can find it. I'm watching a documentary about Miles Davis's life. It showed uh, a, a photo of him in front of a movie screen showing the movie Elevator to the Gallows. And the orchestra's there with him. But Miles Davis is just looking at the screen. He's not reading music. And he's improvising his trumpet playing according to what the character on the screen is doing. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, this is uh, not movie music either. Not much of what I'm playing today is. Let's hear what he did for the movie, and then afterwards I'll uh, add some comments and read something from the Taste of Cinema site. Miles Davis with Elevator to the Gallows. Thank you. 
that is recognized, and I have to agree with it, as the best pure jazz score for any movie ever. And if I were you, I'd roll it back and play it again. This is from uh, A Taste of Cinema. Miles Davis was Louis Malet's choice for composing the soundtrack for his crime flick, Asinur pour le chauffeur. My French is so great, which means elevator to the gallows. Miles was a cool and mystical figure. His soundtracks reflect the tone of his work at that time, changing the cool jazz into modal jazz. I'm not sure what modal jazz means, but as it would be clearer in the classic kind of blue. Ascent to the Gallows shows a more urban sound than Miles Davis's previous work, influenced by the bebop movement. Miles had learned everything from Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker. In the end of the 50s, he was ready to start his own movement. Composed in just one night session, this soundtrack also indicates the path which Miles would follow the next year, improvisational music, made in long jam sessions with talented musicians. Okay, let's go back across the Atlantic to America. This is a movie directed by Bernardo Bertolucci, and it's Last Tango in Paris from 1972, and it starred Marlon Brando and Maria Snyder. A Taste of Cinema has this to say about it. Gato Barbieri became famous worldwide through the sexual and provocative movie by Bertolucci. An Argentinian musician, I didn't know that, Barbieri started his career playing in the band of Lalo Schifrin, who did a lot of TV stuff, including The Man from Uncle, the greatest Argentinian soundtrack composer of all time. In the 60s, he played with some musicians influenced by free jazz, Don Cherry and Charlie Hayden. His soundtrack for Last Tango in Paris mixes the roots of tango music, including some heavy Latin percussion, with sax riffs, very influenced by the lit works of John Coltrane, and the free jazz movement started by Ornette Coleman. I've got a comment. Free jazz is like way out there with very little structure, kind of do what you want thing. I, I cannot get into it, and I'm not alone. Anyway, here's uh, here's some stuff from uh, Last Tango in Paris.
you probably recognize that theme. Um, I didn't know it was, uh, well, based on Argentinian sources, and I didn't know Gato Barbieri was Argentinian. I didn't know Lola Schifrin was either. That's an incredible place. Uh, there's a, a great Argentinian um, accordion player named Master Piazzolla, who uh, does not sound like uh, the stuff you hear in Lawrence Welk. <laughs> really great. Maybe I'll play some of that. Just a second. That's Astor Piazzolla from a 1986 recording called Tango Zero Hour. I remember when that came out, actually, I got it. I was like immediately hooked on it. I said, this is really great stuff. Uh, he's done so much beautiful and exciting music. If you haven't discovered him, well, now you have. Astor Piazzolla, P-I-A-Z-Z-O-L-L-A. If I had lots of time and you were patient, I could... Also do some a lot of Lalo Schifrin stuff, as well as Gato Barbieri. But I think you know Gato Barbieri if you listen to uh, some jazz. It's kind of more more pop jazz, but it's it's still really good stuff. I hope you enjoyed that. I know it's not specifically for movies, but it could be. Anyway, I had to introduce you to uh, Astor Piazzolla, a favorite of mine. Now on to the last selection from uh, jazz and movies in this podcast, and we're going to listen to. Some stuff uh, from uh, The Sweet Smell of Success with a score by Elmer Bernstein. This is again from A Taste of Cinema. Sweet Smell of Success is a brilliant movie that portrays with excellence the tabloids and gossips of mass communication. Tony Curtis is at his best playing Sidney Falco, an ambitious two-faced public relations uh, person who tries to do favors for J.J. Hunsecker, who played by, is played by Burt Lancaster, a stone-cold figure, a villain much more frightening than most ones in horror movies, in order to get some space in his newspaper column. Hunsecker wants Falco to end up his sister's relationship with a jazz musician who plays in Chico Hamilton's band, the Chico Hamilton Quintet. 
I remember seeing this movie and uh, the tons of references to jazz in it. I think you'd really enjoy it. And there'll be two cuts here and I'll fade from one into the other. that really shows how much Elmer Bernstein was into jazz and he had quite a command of it in his orchestrations and his uh, compositions and the movie was made in 1957 by a director I don't really know named Alexander McKendrick and it was written by the screenplayers by Clifford Odets and uh, Ernest Lehman it starred as I said in the intro uh, Burt Lancaster Tony Curtis Martin Milner was in it uh, one of the few guys from Route 66 and a role for Barbara Nichols, who at the time was kind of a blonde sex pot. And that brings us up to about minute 28. So I have two minutes to do my spiel. If you have any comments, please give me comments. Send a letter, anything. Send a messenger to gcarter1mwc at gmail.com. I'm not sure what the next, where I'm going to go from this. This has been a, a three-parter. And I could do more, but those are the, the most of the most of the people and the, the scores I wanted to cover. So I hope you enjoyed the three parts of jazz in the movies. And to fill up the remaining minute and a half, wow, I've got a credit. I'm going to play part of my favorite movie score by John Barry. Just a little more of the score from Body Heat, which I really love. And I'm not sure what we'll do next time, but I hope you're there to find out. And we'll enjoy it. 
Bye-bye.